Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Hello, everyone. I have Philip Sessions with me today from Speaking with Sessions. Hopefully I said that right. Um, I met you through, I don't know if it was Jamie Hyde or someone in Apex. There's a lot of people in Apex I know that we've connected with somehow. But Philip, for people that don't know you, tell us a little bit about your background, what you do, and you know how you got into public speaking. Yeah, well, Joe, first of all, appreciate you having me on. I think Jamie was the person that introduced us. I'm not exactly sure. And it's speaking sessions. You're getting my free group speaking with confidence. Kind oh, of confused sorry. There. I know I got, a, <laughs> I got all these different names for things. So it's, it's all good. I, sometimes I forget my wife's name. So, Oh, you better not do that. <laughs> that will get you in trouble. I know, I, I'm just, I'm just messing around, but I, mean, I forget names all the time. So no big deal there, but yes, I'm a speaking coach. Been doing this for a little over a year. I've been speaking on stages on occasion up to about three years ago is when I started that, but really dialing all that in and been getting on a lot more stages. And next year, my plan is to be on a minimum of one stage per month doing that. What I do is help service-based small business owners help them get their public speaking skills correctly so they can actually create influence outside of their business. So the business owners that I work with, they're at a point where they want to start creating impact, not just on their employees, but also outside of that. And the awesome thing, which we were kind of talking about offline, when you get on stage, you're in front of hot leads. So if you can speak properly, you can actually get leads, which then ends up not only creating the impact you want, but you're getting the income as well because you're going to funnel them back to your company. So that's the gist of what I do is help people set their personal brand up to be able to then get on the stages and be able to create and create impact and income from that. Nice. No, I like that. So pretty much say someone's like, a, like an entrepreneur owns a business and they're just wanting to get more impact in their community, what would be like the first step? Like say I came to you and said, hey, help me out with this. I'm trying to get, you know, on more stages, trying to do more things. What would be something that you would tell me I would need to do or how would you approach that? So I would approach by seeing what their social media looks like. First and foremost, social media is your digital resume. When people are looking for people to come speak on their stages, they look at their social media. And that's what I personally do as well. When I create events, if I'm trying to bring somebody in, do they have a social media presence? There's two things here. One, I can get to know you as a person. I can get to know your personality when you speak and how you speak. Are you going to mesh with the audience that I'm trying to bring in? Does it make sense? Because if you're this person that's just up in somebody's face and you're you're constantly I don't want to say talking down, but you're just very brash. Well, maybe I'm talk I have an audience that's more reserved. They want somebody that's gonna really like lift them up instead of like talking down to them. Let's say David Goggins style versus an Ed Milet style where he really gets your emotions in, but he gets you like lifted up and you want to actually do something. So these yeah. two different styles, one style I may want versus the other. So having you post there on social media allows me to be able to see that. But then two, it lets me know how much of a following you have. And you don't have to have millions of followers to bring people in. But again, using the example, if if you and I 
we're get to be invited onto a stage, we're going to bring a lot less people to that stage than mm-hmm. an Ed Milet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should so, make sense. Yep, I got you. Yeah, so the social media following does matter some, but not so much. But this is just a, a second part to why I look at their social media first. You know, what kind of following do they have? And so when I'm working with a client or starting to work with a client, I'll look there first. Do they have social media presence? If they do, that's the checkbox. We go on to the next thing, which is podcasting. Podcasting is another way you're building your authority on social media. You start building your authority within the podcast. And if you have that next step is a book because believe it or not to get on stage, that has been a deciding factor for event hosts. A lot of times, not every time. And it's not a requirement to have a book, but if I have two equally great speakers Mm -hmm. or two people that are equally experienced, the person that has a book, is the one that's more interesting is the person that's more credible because they spent time and focus on creating this book. Plus the cool thing is I can support that speaker by buying their books for the audience. And now the audience gets to get a book of the speaker. That's so really cool. So having that book is the next thing to continue to build this authority. And that's what we have to do in order for us to get on stage. And the next thing, and this helps build authority, but also helps you actually practice public speaking is YouTube. Mm-hmm. YouTube is a great way for you to build to start organizing how you speak and having a clear and concise message with that. And it is a more difficult thing to do. But when you're doing 30 second reels, you don't get used to speaking for 30 minutes. Right. So YouTube, you can start doing that and getting used to start running that marathon, so to say, speaking that marathon in this case. And so you can really start helping yourself learn how to structure a presentation, a speech. So then you now are ready to start getting on those stages. And this is where I actually have people, if they don't have the credibility yet to be able to go get on somebody's stage, we actually have them build their own and build their own credibility and start showing that social proof that I've been on stage. Because it's a picture. Yeah. And not that we're trying to be deceptive, but a stage is a stage. Mm-hmm. So whether it's your own stage or it's somebody else's stage, hey, that's credibility. You're in front of people anyways. So that's the gist of how I go through and really make sure. So I, I go along this line and figure out where you're at in that spectrum of things that need to be done before we start getting you on stage. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because like when I started the podcast, I pretty much invented my own stage. I wanted to Mm -hmm. bring in my friends to help people break the 100K barrier and just, you know, different ways that they can do it. So I bring in different guests and all. And then I start getting on other people's podcasts. I'm just thinking about how this works. And, you Mm -hmm. know, you start talking. Then instead of being the one asking the questions, now I'm establishing an authority. It's kind of like the the line you said. And I have some YouTube videos, mostly of the podcast, because I can repurpose what I've done so that that way I'm not having to make new content for everything and then doing some of the reels. So with speaking like, in public and on the stage it's not like you know doing a five minute live or doing like you said a 30 second or a minute reel where you have it in your head okay i want to talk about this topic how do you what do you suggest for people do you suggest because i know there's two schools of thoughts there's a school of thought which i probably lean more toward but i'm a salesman by trade which is just to have a topic wing it and read the audience but that's kind of my style and then there's a school of thought to have every little point set do you do you ascribe to one or the other or a balance above how do you how do you approach that so I'm like you, I basically have the thoughts that I'm going to talk about and I, if you will, wing it from there, but I know the gist of what I'm going to talk about and have that end goal in mind that I want. That's the biggest thing. As long as you know where you're going, you can build, you're able to navigate that. But if you don't know where you're going, you're just, I'm going to have this idea. That's when you're going to be in trouble. 
Mm-hmm. It's just like going into a sales conversation. You know you want to lead, not necessarily lead, but guide the client towards whatever it is that they want. So you have some ideas based on previous conversations of what they probably want. And obviously they're having a conversation with you. So it's most likely one of your products if you sell multiple products. And so you start talking with them and asking questions and working with them to figure out what is that product that they want. So you have the end in mind that you're going to help them get the proper product. And because you only sell a couple of products, you're going to focus, you're going to, that's the end goal, those couple Mm -hmm. of products. But same thing for you on stage, you want them to learn a certain thing. So, you know, you can reverse engineer that. And if I talk about these things and create these stories that are relatable to them, the audience, as well as the topic I'm covering, I can help solidify that through the stories so then I can give them what they wanted to learn at the end and have that takeaway that I want them to have. So I like going on that route. So if you will, the wing it side, but having Mm -hmm. a skeleton structure, I think is a a better proper term to say there versus I have everything written out word for word because when you do that, nerves get in the way, you forget a line and now you're screwed because I just skipped a line and now you're backtracking because you think people know your script when they don't. Nope. (laughs) So those people, and I've worked with those people before. I actually have a client right now that I work with her a lot on that. And we just work on repetition, essentially. Like we've got to get the rep sale. We've got to get you comfortable with not using a script. And it's okay if you have to at first. I'm not bashing that at all. But the more you can get towards that skeleton script, if you will, where you just have a couple bullet points and stories that, also a compliment those bullet points that's going to be the better way to go so yeah yeah no that makes sense because (laughs) like even in my sales career and stuff telling stories are ways to get people to relate to what you're talking about will draw them in instead of a lecture per se like a teacher now it's not like hey i'm lecturing like you just mentioned the 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 client you're working with you know i had to work with her you just gave people a anchor or something to relate to, which is great. Mm. So let's talk a little bit more about that. People that maybe are a little bit more mm. nervous, like they have a passion for something. They want to get on space. They want to share their message, but they're, I mean, I think it's one of the top five fears is public speaking. Like, so how do you help people reframe their mindset? Cause I'm thinking you almost have to do that first because if you have to have great content, if they get them like, I, 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 it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, so I use what I call the speaking bars method. So yes, that has a little corny there, but the speaking bars method, and this was what I really go through. And the first part, like I already mentioned, is begin with that end in mind. So you have to know where you're trying to get the audience to go, first of all. And so once you have this anchor where you're trying to go, that's set in. Next thing is your audience awareness and understanding. So are you aware of this audience? Do you understand who this audience is? Because if I talk to children... I'm going to talk to them in a different way about public Mm -hmm. speaking versus talking to adults. Same thing with people that are in manufacturing versus sales. I'm going to have different conversations with these different groups, and I'm going to share different stories around that. And then the next part, the R, remembering it's not about you. And this is where that fear comes in. People are so focused on themselves. I'm focused on myself and what people are going to think about me. Is my voice going to crack? Am I going to sound credible or am I going to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about? It's not about you. Stop focusing on you. So remember, it's about them. Mm-hmm. And then finally, serve your audience. You know, serve service. Serve your audience. 
because it's again, it's not about you. So as long as you're coming in this place of you're trying to serve your audience, you're trying to help your audience, as I know you talk about, you help, you don't sell things, you mm-hmm. help people. As long as you're coming from that servant mentality as well and remembering it's not about you, it's about them, that's going to help you get over that fear. I know there's a lot of people like myself. I'm willing to stand up for other people when people are trying to talk over them or they're trying to bulldoze them. I'm willing to stand up for those people because I'm thinking about them. Mm -hmm. But when people start running over me and they start talking over me and trying to bulldoze me, there's times where I'll sit there and I won't say anything. But because it's me, and so I just try not to say anything, but I'll defend other people. And so it's a similar thing when we're speaking and when we're we're worried about the other person, we're worried about the audience and giving them value. When we're focused on them, we're no longer focused internally, and we can get over that fear. Mm-hmm. The fear is a good thing, and it's never going to completely go away, but you can subside a lot of that fear when you're focused on the audience instead. Yeah. When I think like I was reading a book by Larry King and, you know, he spoke and interviewed a ton of people. And he said, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just best to say the elephant in the room. Like, I think the first time he did a speech or something, he got up and goes, this is the first speech I've ever done. I am scared out of my mind, but I want to bring value to you. So I just want you to know where I'm at. And he said, once he said it, and he's probably said it better because it's Larry King. But he's, mm. once he said that, he said that whole nerves went away because if you take the power away from something, it's not there. So mm. maybe someone that's just first getting on stage or first doing a sales presentation or first doing a podcast or a YouTube or whatever, be honest with people. People love to support you, especially if you're vulnerable, which is hard mm. to do sometimes. But I, when you were saying that, I was just thinking in my head, you know, if you're getting on stage for the first time, be vulnerable, be open, focus on the on the people that you're talking to and just try to help them because the sales and all that will come if they know that you're bringing them value, hope, service, life, whatever it is your message is about, That that's the key. So no, I love that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that really goes back to, and that's a great point. And that's really why I go back to say, get on social media, put your phone out or get your phone out and take videos, start doing videos because guess what? Nobody's watching at the beginning. Yep. If they are, they're not saying anything. And you can get those bad reps in because we all suck at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes. I sucked at the beginning. We all suck. So just get the reps out of the way. Don't try and make your first thing you do and speak on is on a stage. And that's why I go through as well and make sure that social media is down because you've gotten those initial reps in. Mm-hmm. There's something that we can look at and we can work on. Is it just like asking for help? but you have no clue what to ask for. I can't help you if you've never done anything before. If you've never spoken, I mean, I can't help you, but I've got to start seeing you in action doing that as well. But getting those reps in through video content first, it's free. (laughs) And it gets you where you get more comfortable behind the camera. It's not the same as being in front of a stage, but if you get comfortable of that unjudgmental camera, you can then go on stage and guess what? People aren't going to judge you because people are just as scared. If they were up up on that stage, they'd be just as scared. Mm -hmm. And the people that are judging you, they're not for you anyway. So who cares? That's not a person I want to work with. The person that's going to judge me because maybe I messed up, forget them. (laughs) So (laughs) keep all those things in mind, get those reps on the video content. And remember that if somebody's going to judge you because you're on stage and you mess up here or there, 
forget them. They're not for yeah. you anyways. And not to mention, unless we're talking about like Ed Milet and Tony Robbins, there's a lot of people that uh, that are in our circles mm-hmm. that they are not the most polished speakers ever. They say the ums and the ahs, mm-hmm. and they still get on stages. So you don't have to have perfect speech and never have any of these filler words or anything like that to be able to get on stage. It's more about your message that matters than the fact that you speak eloquently. So actually with my coaching, while I do try and help out with that and and focus on that a little bit, my thing is more focused on your message and that your message is one that, that resonates with people and makes sense with where you're trying to go. Because if you're trying to talk about business, but every time all you do is talk about fitness, yeah. Well, let's talk about business stuff because, you know, let's say you're in sales, you're not in you know business. There's obviously fitness businesses, mm-hmm. but you're in sales trying to talk about business, but you're over here talking about fitness. Like, no, we got to make sure you're talking about the right thing. So I'm more focused on what that message is as a whole versus um, I'm counting every um that you're saying. So, Joe, yeah. I, I've heard you say six ums already. No, just oh, I probably said six or seven <laughs> ums in this podcast today. It's all good. Yeah. No, because I thought about when I first started doing video Probably a couple mm-hmm. years ago, I was like, oh, I'm just going to do a live, and I just would just bumble through it or whatever. You're right. People would either would watch it a little bit and be like, okay, cool, but they would understand that I was just out there trying to be helpful. And then as I've gone along now, the more I do it, the more comfortable you get with it. And then you start to get more engagement. Then you start to get your voice, and you start to get feeling, okay, cool. This is the message I'm trying to do. This is what I want to do. And then you start niching down to what your real message is because you just mentioned that too. Because in the beginning, mm-hmm. I think, oh, I want to talk about everything and do this and this and this. And then you're all over here and no – clear direction people are like i don't know what they do but when you can hone that message in what you want to do who you want to serve who's your ideal client well now you start becoming an authority i was telling this to a friend of mine on like with sales if you're in a sales role for more than two years you're an expert because they bounce around same thing with speaking same thing with mm-hmm. business same thing with life getting on stages all that the more that you show yourself as an authority and are consistent with your messaging, with who you're helping, with what you're doing, I think it opens more doors for you. And you're right. I don't want people that aren't for me. I only want to help the people that I can help. So I I love that. Yeah. And you're exactly right. The more, and it is amazing how the more you niche down, it's like the more doors that open because you're like, wait, I was in this big pool of we're at almost 8 billion people on earth now. (laughs) So I was like, I got 8 billion people I could talk to but then I'm going to go down and now I'm at a billion. Oh no, I'm at a hundred thousand. Like you'd think there's less opportunities, but there's so many more because now people can identify you. It's yep. just like your name. Your name is unique. It's the same thing. You and I can share the same exact message, but because of our background, we are going to impact different people. Yeah. So same thing when we're setting up the niche too. Because of the niche that you're going in, now people can say, Oh, you can actually help me with my problem. We could be talking about the exact same thing, but I work on people that are in the trades industry and you work with people in pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to reach pharmaceutical people. I, I can still reach them, but they're going to be like, eh, I think Joe's more my guy because he's in pharmaceuticals versus Philip, who's over here in the trades industry. Yeah. That's the thing why you want to pick that niche as well, because then people are like, okay, yeah, this is the guy or girl for me. Yeah. And then it's just learning to connect with people reading the room, body language, that whole gambit of, well, let's talk about this because I like this because I've seen really good speakers do this and I've seen really bad speakers mess this up. Come, you ever gone into a room and there's like a lot of excitement and then the speaker gets up there and they like just drain the room 
or in reverse, you're in a room and it's chatting, like da 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 da. And then all of a sudden, that right speaker comes in and they just even stand there and they don't say a word, but the room changes. How do you hmm. get to that ability? I know we're going, we went way up in that, but changing the state of a room, how do you do that? It really comes down to your your voice at the end of the day. So if I come in and I'm just talking like this and telling you about, oh man, this I just had the most incredible day ever. This everything happened for me. I had the sale and I made a million dollars. You're like, really? Like, are you really excited about making a million dollars on that sale? <laughs> like, no, no you so. were not. Yeah, but I'm kind of, oh my gosh, I had the most incredible day ever. I just sold a million dollar listing. I've never sold anything that big before. It's just phenomenal. And these words I'm using and the, the way I'm doing it and my voice, and my speed's gotten faster. My voice kind of, it rose higher. I'm not speaking mm -hmm. as deep you can tell the excitement and we're on video. It's a little harder when I'm sitting here, when I'm on stage, my hands are going to be moving around. I'm going to get bigger. My arms are going to open up versus <laughs> I'm just kind of sitting here and just real monotone. I'm just real kind of almost yeah. closed off. Like I'm trying to give myself a hug, like out of pity or something. Uh, so you can see this in the body language. And so that body language and the voice fluctuation is what's really going to help set that room. Mm -hmm. But some people just have that natural gift to either make the temperature rise or lower that temperature in the room, as Ed Milet and or Tony Robbins, one of them, talks about a lot. You know, yeah. Are you the are you the thermostat or the thermometer? And some people, so some people just have that natural ability to do that. But you can also do that with the way you speak and how you use your body language as well. Yeah, well, because 90% of all communication is nonverbal. A lot of people yes. miss that. Like even in a sales thing, I sell over the phone all day long, but it's still my posture, how I'm talking, how I set mm -hmm. up, what I'm doing, how I change my voice, my fluctuation, what I'm wanting to do. Like I'm into this, this type of stuff, because again, it flows right with sales as well, because sales is just a one-on-one -on -one presentation instead of a group presentation. Same type of thing, really, if you think mm -hmm. about it. And I was thinking about this way, like, I think it's like Voss. He wrote, never split the difference. And he's like, there's like five different voices you can do. Like you can do your radio voice, which will calm them down. And you can do the excitement. And then you can do the, like there's so many little different things you can do that it mm -hmm. just, it, it intrigues me when I look at different speakers. And I find actually, I, and I love Ed Milet. He's great. But I'm yeah. drawn more to the speakers that will slowly just captivate me and put me into their story. Not excite me because mm -hmm. I didn't excite myself, but like that would draw me into the world. And I'm actually like picturing and seeing what they're doing and what they're talking about. And then like I see myself in the, you know, the story that it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we miss because we were <laughs> such a it's, it's such a transactional world right now. If yeah. you can come in and be relationship-wise focused, you will win. And if you can bring people into stories like they did for thousands of years around the campfires, you'll doubly win because there's something about mm -hmm. a good storyteller or a good public speaker that can draw you into their world. And then, dude, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one thing I always say to people is that facts tell and stories sell. Mm -hmm. So the more stories you can put into a speech, the better. You don't have to come up with... 10 or 20 different topics to talk about that's not gonna carry for anybody everybody it's gonna be like a lecture at that mm -hmm. point it's like oh man when is are we done yet done? <laughs> yeah but if you're telling these stories and drawing people in 
man, that's where you get people. And it's really at the end of the day, people half the time don't even remember half of what you say. Nope. But if they can get this emotion, this trigger from you, they're like, man, okay. And they have just this thought that I need to work with him or her. That's all it takes. They don't even have to remember why they need to work with you. They just need to have that trigger. So they want to come and have that conversation with you or go follow up and have that conversation with you. But you're triggering an emotion. You're Yes, you want people to learn, but most people will forget most of what you've said. Mm -hmm. So especially if you're, if you're at these big conferences and there's multiple speakers for, and it's a whole day event or some multi-day event, you have to make sure that they remember you because emotions are so powerful. Yeah. So you have to make them emotional in some way, hopefully not crying <laughs> or making them mad, but getting, getting them to have some kind of emotion to realize that, man, I need their product or service. Mm -hmm. Wow, man, that would change my life if I did what they were talking about, implemented what they were talking about. So drawing that emotion out is so important as well. Obviously teach, but still drawing that emotion out is going to make them remember you so much more than telling a bunch of facts. Yeah. Well, it, it, I think it was Maya Angelou said that people won't remember what you say, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And yes. that's what a good public speaker does. That's what a good podcast does. It broads it broads you. It brings you in. Even if you don't mm -hmm. talk straight, as long as you're captivated by what we're talking about, you're good. You know, <laughs> it's just getting people to understand that you see them, you hear them, you feel them. And that's kind of yeah. the same thing with sales. And once you captivate them that way, and then just make sure you're morally, ethically correct, mm -hmm. you're fine. You know, that, yeah. that, that's the, the, I always throw that caveat out there because there's a lot of really good salespeople that are not always thinking that way. So be careful once mm -hmm. you get the skill down that you're doing it for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, right, same thing with, with communicating, you can draw these emotions out and really almost manipulate people because you've gotten so good and you know, the psychology you've got mm -hmm. behind people that you can draw a certain emotion out but it could be for a bad reason. Now you're trying to lead them down a path that they don't necessarily need to be led down. So yeah. be careful with how you use your language, how you use your tongue and speak with people as well. They definitely yeah. do it from a pay place of service and a place of, of morally good standards. Yeah. And, and I'm only caveating that because I've seen it done both ways, like completely yeah. done both ways. And it's really good when it's in the right. And it's really not good when it's not. Mm -hmm. For sure. And one other thing I like to talk about, too, that a lot of people, uh, why this is so important to be able to learn how to speak properly is because so many of us are experts in what we do. But because we're experts, a lot of the super basic things are not basic. Yeah. Think about trying to help your grandma with the computer or with their phone. You're like, oh, my gosh, grandma, like, seriously, you don't the power buttons right there. The camera's right there. This is how you get your photos. <laughs> yeah. They do things all crazy. And you're like, really? But that's exactly what happens whenever we try and communicate about the thing we're an expert in. Mm -hmm. It's like we're trying to speak to grandma, but we're trying to talk to her on the level we're at. Yeah. She doesn't understand that. So you need to, not that you need to dumb things down, but you need to make sure that you really communicate in a way that people can truly understand and communicate really at that really at the 101 level, if you will, the beginner level mm -hmm. and give them that, that milk almost as well. But that's a hard thing to communicate. And so really being able to transfer what this knowledge that's up here in your head out there to the audience, that's what you're trying to do. And that's where the stories really come in. 
because you can create a story to tell so much more than you just trying to spit out fact mm -hmm. after fact after fact or try to give the one through five step process <laughs> of yeah. how to do yeah. something. Tell the story around it and you're going to be able to create so much more out of that. Yeah, no, I agree because I, I I forget that I've been in sales for so long and just relating back to it. So stuff that is basic, easy to me is like a gold mine to other people. And I don't even realize it. Same with you as speaking and with what mm -hmm. you do. It's that whole, you're in it so much and you're doing so much. You're like thinking, yeah. this is just what you do. And in reality, they might not know that. And that could be the key that could, you know, make them hundreds of thousands of dollars or change their life for the better. So yeah, no, definitely. And I do have that rule. I like, I always teach people, I'm like, if you can't say it to your grandma, don't say it. But I understand my grandma was Irish. She was a little spitfire and I could say a lot to my grandma. <laughs> so it was, it's not like I, you had to be perfect, but you, you understand, you at least want to have yeah. that picture of, I need to say this in a way that it's going to be effective, help, but I'm not going to be like, oh, bless your heart, as they would say here in Texas, which we know mm -hmm. what that means, but I won't repeat. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the most kind, unkind thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So um, I know you did an event a couple of months ago. Is that correct? Yeah, back in August. Cool. So you have some more events that you're going to be doing coming up or? Yeah, yeah. So August, well, I guess I've done more since then. I did, August was the, the first event I did. I did one here, at, one in October mm -hmm. and actually two in October and then one in November, I was a part of the one in November. I didn't host that one. And then I've definitely, I've got more coming up. I'm already planning for January through March at the moment. And I've got a couple other uh, bigger events coming up as well. Most of these are like lunch and learns mm -hmm. that I'm planning right now. So really more local based stuff. But if you want to come out for a lunch and learn, yeah, you certainly come out. But <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know how many people want to come out for like a two hour event. <laughs> Um, well, you never know where, yeah. where can people find you? So like, we're not dumb. I like to put this in the middle. Where yeah. can people find you, find out about your events, your lunch and learns, your trainings, your courses, all that type of stuff. So the best place is either on my website at speaking sessions.com, or you can find me at the real Philip sessions with one L the Philip having one L and all there on Facebook. Oh, the, cool. The Perfect. two best places to find me. Yep. And I'm in your free Facebook group and it's very good. We talk a lot about, speaking sales life all that fun stuff mm -hmm. there so i know we were talking beforehand you're talking about getting on more stages like i think your goal mm -hmm. this year is to at least be on a minimum of 12 and a maximum of as many as you can get on i'm sure um what has been the biggest lessons you've learned when you spoke on a stage like takeaways for you hmm. that, that's a good question it's a, this is like one of those where like i know some of it but it's like i'm so in the weeds if you will it's hard it's hard to say really the biggest thing is more for me the lessons i've learned is more so the actual events that i've hosted that first one i hosted i really realized my local network was trash uh, mm -hmm. the event had like four people outside of the speakers so it was not a great turnout I've heard people that have had, have had worse turnout than that, but it was still a great event overall, but really learning that, hey, I need to focus on that local network. So really, mm -hmm. that was a big thing for me. And then the other thing that's been kind of like an aha moment is just being more and more dialed in, because I know public speaking can be for everybody. Everybody does it every single day. By definition, if more than one person hears you speak, you're yeah, speaking public. Speaking. In public. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> but that's not what we think of most of the time. 
But as I've niched down more and more and gotten the message more and more refined to speak to the one person that's in mind for me, the more impact that message has created. So that's really been the biggest takeaway for me from the stage. And then as well, doing these lunch and learns, you have this captured audience and I'm able to get leads every time, whether they all convert or not is a totally different story, but people are always interested in my service mm -hmm. after doing a lunch and learn. So it's really cool to see how you can have this captured audience's attention. But then also for me, I always go back and reflect on stories what stories really hit off, what resonated, what jokes were were funny, which, mm -hmm. and I guess that's another thing that, and now I kind of spitting through this, that I, I've had people tell me I'm a funny before, mm -hmm. but I never really thought it. And usually my social media content, I feel like I don't tell a lot of funny stuff. It's more like educational yeah. or it's more serious. But every time I've been on stage to speak, I find myself cracking jokes throughout the whole speech. So mm -hmm. somehow when I get on stage, it transfers and I can be funny. And I guess that's the difference between doing 30 second vi video versus a 30 minute speech. You have a little bit more time to, to free flow and throw in some jokes and everything. Yeah. So I guess that that's probably been the most surprising thing for me. If I had to nail down to one thing is that I actually tell a lot of jokes. <laughs> well, that's good. So, so you're getting into your flow, into your rhythm, yeah. what you're looking to do. Um, so learning luncheons, explain that a little bit more for people that maybe they don't understand what that is. I mean, we know what events are and different things, but what's a learning luncheon? So, yeah, so a luncheon learn is, is, is basically what it sounds like. What, so how I set them up is I usually get me and one other business owner and we have a topic we're going to cover. So one of the, the last luncheon learns I did was on social media. So I talked about building your personal brand through social media and how do you build that authority in social media and the other person talks specifically about LinkedIn and how to build your authority in your niche. And so we had very complimentary things. We talked about a little different stuff. And I talked more about groups within Facebook where he was just talking specifically about posting on social media to build that no like and trust. Mm -hmm. So we kind of both talked about that, but we had this, this goal in mind, if we're going to talk about social media and bring people in to help them with building that personal brand. And so I usually partner with somebody else because the great thing is it's not only my network that's coming in, but it's yep. his. So we can kind of cross pollinate our networks. We're talking about a very similar thing that people are interested in. And so they're learning about social media while they get to eat a free meal at the mm. same time. So this would be an actual in-person type of an event. Yeah. Yes. In-person type of event. So I was and trying to think thing, you could do yeah. that online too, if you wanted <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, you could, I guess, technically do. I mean, they have to make their own learn. food, but yeah. we're gonna eat lunch, yeah. and you're gonna learn. No. <laughs> yeah, and so usually it's it's literally over lunchtime. So we yeah. went eleven thirty to two, mm -hmm. uh, or uh, yeah, something like that. Eleven thirty to one thirty, two o'clock, something like that. So it was, it was roughly about two hours there, but it was over lunch. So they got their lunch, and then as everybody got sat back down and they're eating, they're kind of captured because they're eating, but then we're also speaking to them and giving them some information there. And then oh, had like some that. networking a little bit before and a little bit of networking afterwards as well. So you can really get to know everybody uh, throughout the whole process there. So that's essentially what a lunch and learn is. I mean, literally <laughs> what it sounds like they're learning while they eat lunch. No, I like and it. I like it. You know, cause uh, I know someone, if I didn't ask you that question, someone's going to DM me and go, what is this? And I'm like, uh, well, yeah. I don't, I don't know. So I need to find yeah. out. 
So here's, here's another interesting question because you like public speaking. Who would be the ideal person to get to share a stage with for you? Man, that's a, that's a really good question. For me, it would probably be uh, event coordinators because that's my, I guess, my power referral partner, if you mm -hmm. will, because those are the people that are going to be able to help me be able to put other people on stages because there's only so many stages I can create myself. Mm -hmm. So I need other people that are already creating stages or helping coordinate the creation of those stages. So that's the people I would like to talk to because part of what I like to teach as well is how do you actually set up a stage? Yeah. That's a whole nother thing. And not just the literal stage, but how do you set up an event? What's the target? How do you go about it? Because just like we, we briefly talked about, most people when they say, I want to get on stage, the uh, first question I ask, what are you going to speak about? I, I mean, I can speak about anything, fitness, mindset, business. You know, all these things. I'm like, uh, who's going to pick let's, you for that? Yeah, yeah. who's going to pick you? Let's let's focus on one thing, and that's a lot of times when I guide people on creating their stages. It's the same thing. Well, I just want to have all these people on stage. How do they match in? Well, how do they yeah. pair in with that? You got to make sure one they don't say all the same thing because that's going to be boring. But they all need to complement what the overall message for the event is going to be in the purpose of the event so again going back to my speaking bars method mm -hmm. it's i guess stage bars method if you will <laughs> like, you have to begin with that end in mind and then know who the audience is that you're talking to and then i guess you really go into remember it's about them so remember you're building the stage not for yourself to give yourself credibility but for the other speakers and for that audience so they can learn and make sure that you're serving them through that yeah no, really just that. Yeah, so that's really the people I would like to share the stage with because they can help convey that message and give more of those details that I don't like to be in, the nitty-gritties of, mm -hmm. oh, you, know, you need to have these kind of people for these rentals and then this and this and this. I'll let you be on that stage. <laughs> but yeah. otherwise, the other person is really like marketing people because with me talking about speaking and video content and everything, having a marketing person talk about it from that perspective, more of an analytical perspective, is also a great complimentary. Mm -hmm. No, I like that. I like that a lot. So what have we missed? I know we've talked about getting on stage, preparing mm -hmm. your own stage, finding your niche, who you need to talk to, connecting with the right people, just getting out there and actually speaking, because until you do that, you're not going to get on any stage and then dialing in your message. What mm -hmm. else have we missed on here? Anything that we've, we haven't talked about yet? So I feel like you know, with you being a salesperson, one thing we didn't really talk about that much is how speaking impacts sales. Mm -hmm. So I'll uh, I'll tell this little story here, and I tell this story a lot, but there's a lot of you can understand why speaking is so important. And it's not, and it kind of can come back to sales. So I had a colleague in college that we were on this project together. It was, it was three of us. This one colleague did all the work. He built an electronic stethoscope and he built the circuit. He did the project. I mean, all the research, everything. I mean, literally everything. The only thing that he didn't do was two thirds of the presentation. He, 30 minutes before we were supposed to go present, he's like, hey, here it is. Here's how it works. Here's the slides. Here's what you're going to talk about to me. And here's what you're going to talk about to the other guy. We get there in person and go present. He got the worst grade because he was so nervous. 
So it wasn't necessarily that he didn't know the content because he did. It was all here in his head. He had all the knowledge. And then it wasn't necessarily, I mean, we're all, we were all going to school for engineering. So we all understand at this high level. So it's not like he was speaking over us, but it was his lack of confidence in himself. And he was worried about himself that caused him to have the lowest grade. And because of his nervousness, it really sounded like he was the one that we taught him the stuff. Yeah. So when you're coming to sales, really anything, speaking is important for that reason because if you don't have the confidence in your product or service or the confidence in yourself, you're not going to be able to sell well. Or people are going to question, do you really know what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Do you really believe in your product or service? So that's where speaking really comes in to help you with really anything in life. But sales is a big area as well because – yeah, any salesperson that doesn't sound like they know how to talk is a person I'm a little worried. Like they must be new at this. They must not know their product or they must not trust their product. They're not confident in it. And therefore I can't be confident in them and their product. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like I sell with uh, confidence, 100%. Yeah. Like when yeah. I'm doing a presentation and I'm talking with someone, but in the beginning I didn't. So this goes right mm-hmm. along with what you're talking about. When you first start public speaking, you might sound a little bit shaking. That's why I mentioned the Larry King thing. Just mm-hmm. tell them you're new. Tell me you. In fact, yeah. you want to be really funny, grab a phone, talk into your phone while you're doing it. Say, this is how I normally talk to people, you know, play the game yeah. with them, you know, find a way <laughs> to get them to relax. I, I thought about that, you know, get up on a stage. That would be a fun stick to do. Walk up and go, you're scary. I'm used to talking to you like this. You know, That's just funny. That would be play funny. a game. I may do that. You know, I may. Yeah. Like, that's just something I was just thinking about as I'm getting on to more and more stuff. Like, I don't have a fear of talking in front of people because mm-hmm. you mentioned stories. When I was in high school, I, was, I used to sing. I don't sing now. I suck at it now. But at the time, I thought I was good. Middle school, right? And we're doing the Phantom of the Opera. And I have the lead part. Now, you know, in middle school, you have that whole thing called hormones. And your body's changing. And your voice cracking. And I <laughs> thought I was the man. And I'm singing. And I'm hitting. And I'm hitting it. And I'm singing the Phantom of the Opera. And it has this really high part. And this is a middle uh, school assembly. Not with the families. This is with just all the kids, uh, right? Top note, my voice cracks. I start laughing. The whole audience starts laughing. And then I just kept <laughs> singing. I got over my fear because at that point, I mean, like, what worse could happen? I yeah, have yeah. every girl that I probably liked was there. All my <laughs> friends were there. And I'm, like, having this high voice. And all of a sudden, it just goes, eh! At that yeah. point, it just doesn't matter. But it goes back to the thing you said. People don't really care. They just care how you make them feel, how you help them out, and how you can draw them in. So, no, I love that, man. I love that a yeah. lot. Yeah, and then you laughing at yourself also took the power away from them as well. Because if you're willing to laugh at yourself and you're not so embarrassed at how they're going to judge you, they have no power. I mean, what, what are they going to do? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe your voice cracked. Yeah, I know. It was funny. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, your voice cracked. Yeah, thanks. I, I get it. <laughs> they lost all the power then to make fun of you because you know it was funny. You know yeah. what happened. Yeah, so, yeah. And it was by chance at that point that I just laughed. Like, like I wasn't thinking I'm going to laugh to get them. To, it's just like I just started laughing. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. I can't do anything else. But, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's that's hilarious. So, mm-hmm. again, Phil, look, thank you for being on. And tell people again where they can find you in case they didn't write everything down before. Yeah. Best place to find me as is at the Real Philip Sessions on Facebook. I'm there. DMs are always open to be able to answer any questions. If you have questions, happy to to have you in my group as well. Speaking with confidence there on Facebook. 
but yeah, just reach out. We'd love to have a conversation. Awesome. Thank you again for being on the show, my friend. And I'm going to end this podcast with one of my favorite quotes because we've been talking about stories. So I'm a big Doctor Who fan. And he says, You're we're all stories in the end. Make it a good one. So go out, make your story good, help as many people as you can, and shine your light. Thank you for listening to the 150K Podcast. Remember, your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K Podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.